We present The Castle by Kim Fuller. This week on The Castle, an insurrection, a seduction, and some snowballs. Sleep well? No. I uh, kept getting woken up by the chattering of my own teeth. Oh, that may have been my teeth. It is so cold. Makes things look pretty, though. Did you see the snowman outside? That's not a snowman. It's the postman. Oh, then truly I feel sorry for him. For getting covered in snow? More for where the local peasant children have shoved those two bits of coal in that carrot. Oh, good good morning, everyone. Isn't it cold? Father, how come there's six feet of snow and it's only August? Thomas calls it global freezing. Says that thanks to climate change, by the 21st century, the world will be so cold there won't be any intelligent life left on the planet. So that'll be a great time for me to resit my uni entrance exams. Uh, Yes, yes, yes. Where's breakfast? Oh, there isn't any. None of the servants could make it into work. Uh, Excuse me, my lord. Just popped by to say I can't come in today on account of the awful weather. Thomas, Thomas, you live here. Shows how awful the weather is. But if the snow doesn't melt, the harvest will be spoiled and the villagers ruined. Oh, it's like the elements themselves have turned against us. First that volcano that threw up so much ash into the air it grounded every falcon in England for weeks. (laughs) Now this... I have an idea, Father. We could help the villagers by inviting them all to live here. Sorry, sorry, Anne. You know what they say, an Englishman's castle is his home. Catchy. And I'm not letting 285 smelly peasants into mine. But there's tons of room. It's warm. Plus, you'll go down in history. The man who saved his village. They'll build statues. Rufus the Wainwright will compose madrigals about you. <laughs> madrigals, eh? And you'll have someone to make breakfast. No, 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 no. Really, it's completely out of the question. Oh, Morning, Henry. Yo, dudes. Cos there's no servants, I've decided to make breakfast every day till the snow thaws. Who wants a kipper and coconut smoothie? <laughs> I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. Duncan, what in heaven's name are you doing? Ah, uh, the Lord's work, sire. Making snow angels. Care to join me? No. This wind cuts like a thousand sword blades. At this moment, I am wearing every single piece of clothing I own, including my armour, plus a layer of goose fat between me and it. Goose fat? Then no matter how cold your limbs feel, your Maris Pipers will always be perfectly basted. (laughs) On a cruel morning like this, a man needs a maiden to warm his bed and give him succour. Well, you know what they say. There's a sucker born every minute. <laughs> Cheer up, sire. Snowball fight! Ah, Duncan, did you just throw a rock made of frozen rain at me? Uh, you're really not feeling it, are you, sire? No, and... Wait, there, outside Sir John's castle. What's happening? Ah, Duncan, why was that snowball yellow? <laughs> oh, yay, oh, yay. I have brought the entire populace of Woodstock to your castle, sire, as you commanded. And who are you? Barry, the town crier. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Thanks for coming. Uh, we were told if we didn't turn up, we'd be hanged, our lamb taken and our families locked up. Must I cry? You can't threaten people with murder. I didn't say that to everyone. I, I told some there'd be a maypole dancer. No, you said there may be a pole dancer. <laughs> well, if no one's been hanged, 
all writhing on a pole. I'm going home to watch my children die of hypothermia. <clears throat> I know times are hard. The harvest is at risk and many of you are freezing to death. So, so as a gesture of solidarity, I have decided, temporarily uh, and somewhat reluctantly, to invite you all to live with me Did in Did you hear that? He said live with me! Oh, I want to move you! I want a turret! That's me way! If you, just, if you just form an orderly queue and I'll... Oh, my Lord! Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, it's every man for himself! <laughs> Barry, Barry, are you all right? I'm fine. But someone's trod on my bell. <laughs> morning, Charlotte. Morning. Oh, good turnout for breakfast this morning. Yes, the villagers seem to be settling in well. Uh, why is there a cow in the kitchen? Uh, one of them wanted milk in her tea. <laughs> oh, and here comes my bacon butty. Anne, I need to speak to you. Morning, Sir John. Yes, 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 never mind all that. Hello, Father. Breakfast is a bit crowded this morning. A bit crowded? That's the least of it. And the third floor has become a red candle district, while the east end of the castle is now a no-go area after dark, riven by gang violence as the courtyardies fight for supremacy with the Mangle Wurzel crew, and the East Tower yeomen tag everything with their flamboyant spray embroidery. <laughs> and to cap it all... I don't want sheep in my kitchen. Well, you can't just throw them out. Of course I can't. Most of them are bigger than me, and several of them have scythes. So I've asked Thomas if he can find a way to lure some of the villagers outside during the day to ease congestion. And he's working on something called winter sports. And perhaps Charlotte and I can civilise them using the power of education. Well, we could just find a brick wall, smash our heads against it and cut out the middleman. This is my friend Charlotte. Hello. Uh, so please introduce yourselves. Uh, Master Wainwright, local busybody, cobbler, and relief village idiot, Mondays, Fridays, and bank holidays. <laughs> Master Midgen, greengrocer, cuckold, and laughing stock. Well, they seem perfectly nice, Charlotte. I don't know what my father was on about with all that gang's nonsense. Miss Deaf. Okay, you two in the front row with the gold teeth. Who are you? We is the upstairs water closet crew. And we is the cupboard under the stairs heavy mob, Booyah Kashar. Ah, uh, that's outrageous. So, what are we teaching them today? Etiquette. How to behave when you're holding a dinner party for a nobleman. <laughs> Observe everybody as Charlotte lays the table. Note she sets down one trencher for every two guests, plus a silver nef to hold salt, napkins and widgeon knife. Goblets go on the guest left, and chalices next to the trencher. Any questions? Could she do it again? But of course. But this time, lean a bit further forward over the table. <laughs> That's outrageous! Any more questions? Yes, you in the snooty. When you like is stabbing someone, right? Is it more polite to do it with your left hand or your right hand? You get me in it? Uh, you should always hold your knife in your right hand, especially when stabbing a member of the nobility. Oh. Wait, 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 where are you going? This is well boring, man. We signed up for the life drawing class next door. At least dare you get a bit of gratuitous nudity. That's outrageous. Wait, come back. Hang on, who's taken my widgeon knife? <laughs> All right, everyone, sharpen your pencils. Oh. 
Yes, probably best not to do it with a sword. Uh, pick your fingers up off the floor. When you're ready, start sketching our model. Ah, some late additions to my life drawing class. Welcome, ladies. Thanks, Duncan. But we're only here chasing a widget now. Oh, oh, God. Oh, God, over there. What is it? It's Sam. Sam Tree. The love of my life. My life model, Sam Tree. He told me he was a Frenchman called Didier Arbre. May I speak to him? Of course. So long as you don't make him move or put his shirt back on. Sam? Sam Tree? It's me, Anne. And look, here's Charlotte. Ladies, you must have mistaken me for someone else. I am a Frenchman from France. Yeah, you don't sound very French, actually. No, that's what all my French friends say. But I am as French as French could be. As French as... Roast beef and Yorkshire pudding. Uh, that's not very French, Sam. Oh, all right then. Um, as French as... As French fries. They're Belgian? No way. <laughs> Bonjour, Didier. De quelle région de la France venez-vous? Beg pardon? I just asked where you come from. In French. Oh, I don't speak French. <laughs> but all Frenchmen speak French. Well, they wouldn't if they knew how blooming difficult it was to learn. <laughs> Which part of France did you grow up in? I don't remember growing up. I remember waking up in Normandy, surrounded by people who said I'd fallen out of the sky and landed on my head. You remember, Charlotte? Thomas invented a device to rocket people into the sky. And Sam, you agreed to be the first sky sticker And you were rocketed over to France. But I woke up in France. I must be French. So why are you here? One day, months after I awoke... I took off my underhose to be laundered and found a name and address sewn into the back. So began my quest for their true owner, Mr. Sam Tree, 70% polyester. <laughs> a quest which took me to Athens, Constantinople and Peking before I realised I had my map upside down and came here. You're right, it is Sam. The baker in the room next to mine was grinding corn all night. The farmer in the room on the other side was birthing his pigs. And the farrier's kazoo band spent the night rehearsing in my water closet. Oh, he's right, you know. Had to share my bath with nine stable lads this morning. Oh, sorry, Charlotte. Yeah, I wasn't actually complaining. How are the winter sports, Thomas? Uh, they're ready to demonstrate, sire. Oh, thank goodness. Right, everyone, outside. Outside, now. Come on, come on, everyone. Father, can't we go inside? It's so cold. There are bits of me I can't feel anymore. Please allow me to feel them for you, my lady. <laughs> Just to check they're still working. Oh, my Lord de Warren. I I'm all right, thank you. Hi, Sir William. Cool codpiece. I love how it's made of ice and carved into the shape of a swan. Quite a long-necked swan. <laughs> uh, and is that a beak? Sort of. <laughs> Sir John, I must speak with you. Certainly, certainly. Uh, but first, Thomas has an amazing new invention he'd like to show everyone. Thank you, sire. Now, behold. Oh. Uh, <laughs> right. So your amazing invention is two wooden planks. Uh, not planks, my lord. Snow planks, designed to be worn on the feet, if I may. Oh, all right. Uh, what do we do now? Uh, take these snow plank poles, plunge them into the ground and push. <laughs> Seems simple enough. Uh, push forward, sire. You're pushing backwards. Push, push forward. Push forward! <laughs> Ah, good speed. Pity he's going backwards and can't see that tree he's about to... Oh, oh. Father! Uh, don't 
old fret, Lady Anne. Look, he's all right. He's getting up. And he's making some sort of hand gesture. I think, my lady, he is telling us he has won a great victory. <laughs> Possibly. Well, that looked fun. Can I have a go? Oh, sadly, those snow planks are my only prototype. But I have also invented this. A barrel. Cunningly repurposed into a conveyance to take two people down a Ooh, hill. sounds good. What do you call it? Well, as it is designed to enable you to travel without your toes getting bogged down in the snow, I call it the toe bog gone. Right. <laughs> Can I try it? Uh, yes, but you'll need a second passenger. Right, Merlin, get in. If I must, my lady. Now, encircle me with your arms. Tighter. Oh, that's nice. Ah, so this is to give us a low centre of gravity to safely undertake the journey. Yes, all right, if you like. Give us a push, Thomas. Look, can we talk about this? <laughs> Make it stop! Oh, I can't. Oh. oh, didn't you hear the bit about it having no brakes? Oh, isn't this exhilarating? Yes, I think I've just exhilarated in my britches. Make it stop! Well, you're the wizard. You make it stop. You're right. An immobility spell. I'll just need an eye of newt, brain of toad, and a... Tree. Tree? Have ever heard of a tree being used in an immobility spell? No, tree! <laughs> I must say, I am enjoying this other invention of Thomas's, Sir John, this apres ski plank. A novel idea, dipping bread into a vat of molten cheese. I'm not sure you're meant to put the whole loaf on the end of your sword, though. But I fear we still haven't solved the problem of being overrun by villagers. May I be frank, old boy. What you need here is someone who inspires fear and respect, who speaks softly and carries a very big sword. You! Uh, but uh, I need someone to inspire order, discipline, justice... And I've always got the impression that you're a bit of a a warmonger. Give me full authority over castle security and let me show you, and more importantly, Lady Anne, what a dashing, charismatic authority figure I can be. I I don't know. It's a... What's that noise? Think nothing of it, sire. Just a small riot in your water closet. Mr Warren, uh, the castle is yours. Ah, excellent. May I also take the cheese? I know Duncan is partial to a portion of stinking bishop. I'm a bit scared. I've never been this deep in the forest before. It's so cold. Verily. We should huddle together for warmth. Merlin, that's an excellent idea. For who knows when we may see civilization again. Come here. Oh, yes. This is warmer. A little, but we need to get closer. Closer? I, I, I don't think it's possible to get any closer. Oh, I do. Let me show you. Oh, Mama. And so, Toby, my best mate, bro, cheers, cheers, cheers. Yo? You will never guess the amazingly cool thing I did today, Toby. Wait till you hear what I did today, Henry, man. I joined a gang. You joined a gang? I, like, totally joined a gang too, dude. I joined the coolest, hardest gang in the entire building. And I joined the coolest, hardest gang in the entire building too, dude. We are both members of the coolest, hardest gang ever. Yay, the blood! Yay, the crisps! Don't don't you mean the crisps, you tank? No, the crisps. What? The crisps are rubbish. Why? Because every time they try to ambush someone, you can hear them coming. (laughs) You've got to switch gangs, dude. I can't, man. I did the initiation ritual. Well, I took a blood oath. The leader of the bloods got a widgeon knife and cut into his hand. Then I fainted. And when I woke up, I was in the gang. My initiation was worse than that, man. Worse? How could it be worse than that? I'd eat a whole bag of builder's breakfast (laughs) flavour. 
Maurice's back. Oh, Merlin, that was amazing. Particularly the last bit where thousands of tiny stars flew out of your ears and up into the sky spelling my name. Thank you. And then a pair of red and blue glasses materialised on the end of my nose and made the stars look totally 3D. <laughs> Does that always happen? Oh, well, oh, always. That's kind of a... Oh, my God. It's... You've never done it before, have you? <laughs> was that your first time? What, your first ever? <laughs> yeah, no, me too. <laughs> Did... Did you like it, my lady? Oh, it was magic. And I'm not just saying that because of the magic. Um, I'm saying it because, well, I, I think you're special, Merlin. I think you're special too. Even if nothing shoots out your ears when you're in the throes of passion. Oh, thanks, Merlin. That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> it's also the weirdest. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Breakfast is now available. Please form an orderly queue for the frying pan, or I shall run you through. <laughs> and have yourselves a wonderful day. Ah, hello, Sir William. Excellent news, Sir John. Order has been restored in your water closet. I managed to get the perpetrators of the riot to quiet themselves. That is indeed good news. How did you do it? I ran them through. <laughs> Was that not uh, a bit... Excessive? I assure you, my lord, no excess force was used. I employed exactly the right amount of force to drive my sword in through their front and out through their back. That's a comfort, but uh, what I'm saying is that perhaps by doing this you may have upset some of the other villagers present. Ah, now I grasp your meaning. And indeed, a certain master midgen did protest loudly that I had violated something he called their civil rights, but I managed to bring him round to my way of thinking. And how did you achieve this? I ran him through. <laughs> Which is why I'd like to congratulate you on your handling of the current situation. Well, I thank you, Woodstocker. I'd better get back out on the streets, by which I mean corridors. <laughs> Duncan, I say this with love and respect, but Sir William's role as castle sheriff seems to have turned him into a raving psycho bunny. Yes, he tends to overreact to the mantle of authority. He once governed Anatolia for a weekend, and by the time those two days were up, all that was left were four ruined mosques and a Granada travel lodge. Why Granada travel lodge? He wanted to leave an example of all that's best in Western culture. Enter! Sir! Lady Anne, are you alone? Yes, except for the 15 nuns, 23 milkmaids and the merino sheep who I room with. Morning, Dolly. Um, I've been thinking about what you said, about how we used to sing to each other, or, or you'd tell me a joke and we'd laugh and laugh for hours after you explained it to me. You remember? No, but it sounds fun, so I thought I'd come and sing you a traditional French song I learned as a boy. Oh, that would be lovely. <clears throat> Three lions on a shirt... <laughs> Jewels remain still gleaming. Thirty years of hurt never stopped me dreaming. Uh -huh. <laughs> Merlin, wake up. Merlin, it's the morning. Huh? I don't want to play Quidditch today. <sighs> Charlotte, oh, it wasn't a dream. Nope. Come here, you. Uh, my lady, it's freezing. 
perhaps we might postpone this activity so I may magic us back to the castle. Uh, good point. Prepare for me to move heaven and earth. Oh, I thought you wanted to go back home first. <laughs> oh, right, no, the magic, yep, go on. By the claws of Kogoth, the depths of Daggeroth, the locks of David Leroth, in the name of Gandalf the Grey, Botolf the Beige, and Patrick the Puce, return us whether we came. Um, was that it? I, I don't get it, but we're still here. Oh, don't worry. You know, you can move heaven and earth for me another time. I swear, this has never happened to me before. Oh, really? It's fine, OK? You know, we can just cuddle. I don't want to cuddle. I want to move mountains with my mighty wand. Oh, typical man. But why would... <laughs> of course. Well, you know what's happened. What? It's you and me. Us. You've sapped me of my magical essence. Oh, really? Drained me of my... What do you call it? Well, it's called... Ectoplasm. Ectoplasm, yeah, sure. <laughs> Till it comes back, I'm just mortal. Right. You better have the 3D glasses back then. <laughs> if I had the wings of an eagle, oh. if I had the arse of a crow, <laughs> I'd fly over Aston Villa and crap on the bastards below. Oh, Sam. Such a lovely song. It's not actually French, but it was lovely of you to sing it. That was a, an extraordinary rendition. I'll give him an extraordinary rendition. Huh? Sir William, take that bag off his head. Where are you taking him? For interrogation as a French spy. But he was born in Winchester. All the French spies say that. <laughs> the kitchen. <laughs> Empty. A moment alone to relax. <sighs> Father, oh. you've got to do something. Well, it was nice while it lasted. Sir William is going to torture Sam Tree as a French spy. But Sam was born in Winchester. Sir John, you must do something. Oh. I've just heard a group of villagers plotting sedition and revolt in the bay window. <laughs> sedition? The bay window? They've had their fill of Sir William's heavy-handed policing. They said it was draconian, till a villager who'd moved here from Draconia said even his people would never put up with it. <laughs> Sir John, oh, we have French spies in the castle. No, we don't, and I must insist you release Sam Tree this instant. Nay, sir, I cannot. To relieve overcrowding in the castle, I have had all villagers born in Winchester removed to live in a settlement camp in the stables. What? You can't practice ethnic cleansing in Hampshire. I won't allow it. Really? Sounds seditious. Where were you born, Sir John? Winch Glasgow. <laughs> Father, you have got to do like something, dude. Oh, what now? The gang problem is like totally out of control. Am I right, Toby? What? Why? No offence, but I think they were completely, like, brassed off by your martial law, dude. The Bloods and the Crisps are united. They're going to break in here and hang you. Then they'll turn on each other. It'll be a bloodbath. Which is, like, worse than a normal bath. And, and it leaves a ring. <laughs> oh, my God, what have I done? I fear you have made a right porker's earlobe of everything, sire. If anyone asks, we've never met. We must escape the castle before the angry villagers get here. Henry, how long have we got? I fear we have run out of time. Last rites, anyone? Form an orderly queue. We haven't even got time for that. The door is opening. Hi. Why are you all in the kitchen? <laughs> it's like you're hiding out from the worst party ever. And in a way we are, Charlotte. Where are the villagers? Oh, in the armoury, grabbing crossbows and stuff? Is it going to be a hunt? In a manner of speaking. Where have you been, Charlotte? 
And where's Merlin? Here, my lady. Excellent. Merlin's magical powers can save us. Uh, about my magical powers... Yeah, I... Merlin's having a bit of a problem with, um, premature ectoplasm. Sir William over to us that we may bring his evil reign to an end. Sir John, I have no choice. I will go to face my accusers. Oh, that's so brave. Aren't you afraid? Afraid? Ha! Of course not. But before I go, I ask for a single kiss. Oh, all right. From, <laughs> from Lady Anne. Before I am torn to pieces by the angry mob. Oh, very well. Tis the least I can bestow. If you like, I can think of something else. <laughs> Uh, thank you. A pleasant distraction. I'll say. Your swan codpiece has melted. <laughs> I am Sir William de Warren. Come to face my accusers. Behead him! I know I've made mistakes, but I am on your side. Rubbish! You must rise up, smash the symbols of bourgeois oppression, like the heated swimming pool in my castle. Rubbish. Heated swimming pool. With flume ride. Ooh. And wet bar. You must smash it to oblivion along with my steam room, spa and sauna. Ooh, steam room. My luxury sitting room with 60-inch high-definition tapestry and stereo surround mandolins. I do love a mandolin. Plus my gallery of priceless art, well-stocked wine cellar, stables containing my fleet of imported Italian turbocharged horsepower. Come on! Well done, sir. Though I notice you didn't tell them about the high-tech burglar alarm that will trap them in a metal cage and release your pet lion if they don't use the correct entry code. <laughs> I wanted to leave something as a surprise. <laughs> ah, the Merc Inn. For a while, I didn't think I'd ever see inside this disgusting hole again. The ways of fate are strange. Ah, Anne, I see you've found Sam. We need your blessing, Father. We want to be betrothed. Uh, but obviously, your father will have to think about it very carefully before saying no. Oh, all right. Uh, you have my blessing. Oh, barman, more wine. In fact, just give me the barrel and a straw. <laughs> Thank you, Sir John. I swear you'll never regret having me as your daughter-in-law. Thank you, Sam. <laughs> I already do. Uh... Anne? Not now, Charlotte. I'm celebrating my betrothal. <laughs> Who's your friend with the beret and the hairy pits? Um, well, funny story, but, um, she says she's Sam's wife. His wife? Francoise. Bonjour. What are you doing here? You're married, and you didn't tell me. Sorry. Forgot. <laughs> the old memory's not what it was since, um... No, I forget. Did you? I'm so glad to see you. How strange that you are here. Then... You didn't come looking for him? No, no. To help the twins get over their father's disappearance, I brought them to try out this winter resort. The, the twins? Oui. Bless I have a croissant in the oven. <laughs> Allow me to show you to your chalet, madame. Oh, sacre bleu, what was that? Oh, I think the snow has melted. Oh, after all that effort Thomas put into the winter resort. What a shame. They're not necessarily, sire. Welcome to the Woodstock Water Park. <laughs> That was The Castle by Kim Fuller and Paul Alexander. It starred James Fleet as Sir John Woodstock, Neil Dudgeon as Sir William de Warren, Martha Howe Douglas as Lady Anne, Ingrid Oliver as Charlotte, Jonathan Kidd as Duncan and Thomas, Stephen Kimmon as Henry, and Lewis MacLeod as Merlin. The music was by Guy Jackson and the producer was David Tyler. The programme was a positive production for the BBC. (laughs) 